How many are thankful for the name and the blood of Jesus this morning? How many of you still believe in the power of the name of Jesus this morning? The cross that he paid for our, the price for our salvation. We're so glad that you're here today. I want to say with Daniel, we want to welcome you. Thank you for taking time out to be at TPC this morning. We know that you could be a lot of places, but you chose to be here and we're honored. I'm also thankful for Daniel and Aubrey. They're already doing an amazing job. If you're here, parents, and you have a child in middle school or high school, junior high, uh, Wednesday night, they, they need to be here. They, they're going to have a great time, and so we're inviting you to be a part of that. And uh, we're just so thankful you're here. I also want to thank all of the volunteers. I won't start naming names, but all the way from last Sunday, we made a transition with pews. I know some of you are in seats, but at least they're padded. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for padded seats instead of metal chairs? Amen. But I want to thank all the volunteers who made it happen this week. Could we just give a hand for all the volunteers that make it happen every week? Amen. If you do not know me, my name is David Grigsby, and me and my wife are thankful to be here at TPC. I'm filling in for Pastor. He's here. I know that you see him, but he's under the weather. So we're praying for him and Sister Neelan that the Lord would heal them, give them strength. Amen. And uh, so um, he's asked me to step in this morning. So you're stuck with me and Jesus. My mom told me all of my life. She said, David, you and Jesus make a great majority. But don't you ever forget it's you and Jesus. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter four, verse one. I'll read while you turn, because I'm going to read several verses. The apostles spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, came upon them, being greatly disturbed. Everybody say, greatly disturbed. That they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in custody till the next day. For it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and a number of the men came to be about 5,000. So in three verses, the church in Jerusalem grew from 3,000 to 5,000. I'd say that's revival. Amen. Verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said, Rulers of people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for the good deed done and the helpless man, by what means he has been made well known. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which was become the chief cornerstone. Verse 12, and here's the key verse. Nor is there salvation in any other name. For there is no other name. Everybody say, no other name. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I think I'm talking to people who believe in the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. I believe that I'm talking to somebody here today that still believes in the name of Jesus. 
If you're thankful for the name of Jesus, could you put your hands together one more time? I want to talk to you for a few minutes while you're seated by that same title, No Other Name. No Other Name. The year is 155 A.D., the place Smyrna, now it's modern-day Turkey. The story is told of the Bishop of Polycarp, a disciple of actually Jesus, a disciple of John, a disciple of Jesus, and the writer of the Gospels of John and Revelation. He's been arrested by the local Roman proconsul. He was told that if he does not denounce, which means to blaspheme, turn his back on the name of Jesus and declare Caesar as Lord, that he would be burned at the stake. On February 23rd, 155 A.D., it is historically recorded that Polycarp answered the charge. He said, 80 and six years have I served this Christ, nor has he ever done any harm. How then could I blaspheme my king who has saved me? He went on to say, do not tie my hands as you burn me at this stake, for I will lift them up in worship to my king. January 1999, Indonesia. Teenagers could hear the shouts and the chanting was getting closer. An older teen looked nervously at his friend and said, they're coming. We better hide the younger kids. Other following his lead helped hide the smaller children finding in places nearby and then they hid themselves. It was January and a crowd of mostly Christian children had gathered in a Bible camp at Patmira University in Amdan, Indonesia. When the camp was over, cars came to take the joyful children home, but there was not enough cars for all of them to go back safely to the village. Meki and three other Christian men had gone to the Wako village to try and rent additional transportation to take the rest home, but they had not returned. While the waiting kids did not know was the men that were attacked by a mob were on their way to that village. Meki and the other teenager were stabbed to death. Later, their bodies were burned by the mob. Two other men escaped with their lives, and before the long, the mob reached the university buildings. They found many of the teenagers, and they forced them out into the open. Roy Ponto was made to stand before the mob. They told him, renounce your Jesus, or we will kill you. Roy, who was terribly frightened, but through all of his trembling, he answered, I am a soldier of Jesus Christ. At these words, one of his attackers savagely swung a sword into his stomach. The sword hit the Bible that Roy was holding, knocking it from his hand. With the next swing of the sword, they sliced open Roy's stomach. His last words as he lay bleeding to death on the ground was Jesus. What is it about this man, Jesus? What is it that millions upon millions have lost their lives and are still losing their lives today for the belief of his identity and the teachings of, of course across the century? Surely he is more than just a carpenter's son from Nazareth. 
Surely there is more to him than just the fact uh, that he was a philosopher, a prophet, uh, or a good teacher. Uh, there have been many who have come before him, many who came after him, many who would make the claim that he was the Messiah, but they died and their movements died with him. But not this one. This one named Jesus was different. Uh, you see, they had tried to kill him, but his body disappeared three days later. Uh, there was reports that he had been seen by hundreds of day, at the days following. They tried to silence him, uh, but his followers would not stop talking about his resurrection. Uh, and every time a crowd would show up, uh, they would begin to preach uh, his revolutionary teaching. Uh, they would begin to speak with authority uh, as if he was standing there speaking through them. Uh, and now there wasn't just 12 or 120, uh, but there were thousands. Uh, and every time that the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, thought the fire was out, it just spread a little bit more. Our text finds us in the beginning of this movement, just a few short months removed from Jesus' resurrection and ascension. Peter and John now find themselves on trial by a religious court. They had caused such a disturbance by performing a miracle in the temple, and now they were taken in by questioning. And the pressing question today and then and today uh, is found in verse 7 again. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, uh, by what power or by what name have you done this? In other words, what is the name of the one who has given you the ability and the authority to perform this miracle? Peter in his boldness said, I'm glad that you have asked because it is by the power of the authority of the name of Jesus whom you crucified. It is by his power and his authority alone that we can stand and tell this man silver and gold uh, have I none uh, but such as I have uh, give I thee uh, in the name of Jesus uh, rise up and walk The name of Jesus represents two primary powerful truths uh, that still stand today over 2000 years later Number 1 all authority everybody say all authority in heaven and in earth reside under the authority of the name of Jesus. All authority. Not some authority, not partial authority, not a third of the authority. All of the authority in heaven and earth uh, reside under the authority of the name of Jesus. The reason that the disciples were fearless in their witness was because they knew the power and the authority of who Jesus was. The reason we should be fearless, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm preaching to us this morning, uh, in our witness of the gospel uh, is that we too understand the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. Uh, Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. Uh, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow uh, of those heaven and on those of the earth and those under the earth. Uh, far above principality and power and might and dominion. Uh, and every name that is named. Uh, not only in this age but those to come. Uh, he, Jesus, has put all things under his feet. Uh, and he has been given the head over all things in the church. Uh, which is his body. Uh, he is the image of the invisible God. Uh, the firstborn over all creation. Uh, for by Jesus. 
Jesus. All things were created that are in heaven, in earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers. All things were created through him and by him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. God at various times in various ways uh, spoken time past to the fathers by the prophets uh, has in the last day spoken to us through Jesus uh, whom he appointed heir of all things uh, through whom he made the worlds uh, who being the brightness of his glory uh, and the express image of his person uh, he upholds all things in this universe uh, by the word uh, of his power who am I talking to today Uh, who am I talking about today Uh, I'm talking about this one uh, named uh, Jesus why should this help us on this Sunday in October it should give us supreme confidence uh, that if we believe uh, in what we believe about Jesus uh, to the point of seeing uh, ladies and gentlemen that nothing is outside of his control uh, and his authority uh, we should lean into the revelation uh, of who Jesus is uh, and rest in the strength of that revelation no matter what's happening in this world and this world is shaking wouldn't you agree if you read the headlines it could be fearful I've spent a lot of time in Revelation this week just following up on some things but I come to remind you that the hero of Revelation is not the beast nor the dragon nor Satan himself the hero of Revelation is Jesus Christ I said, you got to understand that. I'm not worried about the mark of the beast. Why? I've got the mark of the lamb on my life. I said, I've got the mark of the lamb on my life. I'm not worried about the mark of the beast. I've got the name of Jesus applied to my life. Whatever evil is happening, whatever chaos, you got scripture for that? Yeah. In fact, don't stay on Revelation 12. Why don't you move on over to Revelation chapter 14? Uh, because it says that the Bible presented the elders uh, and they stood on Mount Zion uh, with the name of God statued uh, across their head. Uh, why? Uh, it is all about Jesus. Uh, whatever evil is happening, uh, whatever chaos is rising, uh, whatever darkness is coming against us, uh, he has it all under control he's still seated on a throne he's not walking around heaven being anxious and worrying about what's happening why it's all under the authority of who Jesus is and you know what it's all going to work itself out either in this age or the age to come so whatever dilemma you may find yourself weakened by today it cannot overwhelm the power of his strength for your life. Whatever strategy of the enemy, it cannot override the perfected plan of your created savior. Whatever darkness has tried to arise and intimidate your faith this week, uh, it cannot overpower the light of the revelation of the promises over your life. Uh, Whatever brokenness and shame has tried to sabotage your future, it cannot overthrow God's great grace uh, that covers your past uh, and guarantees you a kingdom tomorrow. 
whatever broken relationship has left your feelings discarded and your heart crushed it cannot overthrow the king who desires to win your heart back the heart of your worship whoever has abandoned you whoever has slandered you whoever has mishandled you or rejected you whoever has hurt you or hated you cannot will not overshadow the brilliance of the power of the love of God that is shot about in the name and the power of who Jesus is it cannot happen why because he has all power and all authority look at your neighbor and say he has all power come on he has all authority no matter what you're facing come on high five your other neighbor and say no matter what you're facing I know one who's greater I said I know one who's greater I know one who's greater greater is he I said greater is he greater is he that's on the inside of me why can I have this confidence I can have it because Paul would later write to the Romans who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or being burned at the stake danger or sword no yet in all these things we are more than conquerors and we gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us uh, so much that he died for us uh, for I am convinced Paul says uh, in other words I am continually convinced uh, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present uh, nor things threatening things to come nor powers nor height nor depth uh, nor any created thing uh, shall be able to separate me uh, from the unlimited God love of God which is in Christ Jesus he loved you when you were unlovable let me say that again I said he loved you when you were unlovable he searched you out when you didn't even know you were lost you didn't find God God found you if you woke up this morning and stumbled into this place and all of your weakness, it's because of God's grace uh, that you're here today. I said it's because of God's grace that you're here today. He was a friend even while you were an enemy. He was your supply before you ever realized that you were in poverty. He gave you light when you didn't even know you were living in darkness. He brought salvation even when you did not know that you were perishing. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate me from the power he has to save me through his love. The second truth that we must understand from this text in Acts 4, that salvation... So everybody said this with me. Salvation is only found in the name of Jesus. Neither, verse 12, is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Notice Peter said, he didn't say, which we can be saved. Notice he didn't say, you may be saved. No, what did he say? We must. Everybody say, we must be saved. There are over 940 names and titles and attributes attributed to God in Scripture. And they're all wrapped up in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Why is that important to us? It's important to me that when I call upon the name of Jesus, I am calling upon the revealed name of God in the earth. Let me say that again. When I call upon the name of Jesus, I am calling upon the revealed name of God in the earth. For in him, Paul told the Colossians, who in Jesus dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him who is the head over all principality and power. Ladies and gentlemen, the highest, greatest, most wonderful, most self-revelatory name of God that has ever been named, made known to man is Jesus Christ. The very name of Jesus means Jehovah has become my salvation. Every declaration of Jehovah in the Old Testament finds their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. I don't have time to go through all of them, but I'll go through a couple of them because you got to understand this. Jehovah Mekadesh, the God who sanctifies Paul would tell the Corinthians and such were some of you but you were washed and you were sanctified but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit of our God Jehovah Jireh God is my provider Philippians 4:19 and my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus Jehovah Shalom God is my peace for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government it shall be upon his shoulders uh, and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God uh, everlasting father and the prince of peace uh, John 14 27 my peace I give to you uh, not as the world gives it do I give to you uh, but let not your heart be troubled uh, neither let it be afraid Jehovah sit canoe God has become my righteousness uh, but of him who are in Christ Jesus uh, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification uh, and redemption uh, Jehovah Rapha God is my healer uh, by his stripes you uh, were uh, healed Jehovah Nisi, God is my victory and banner. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Adonai, God is my master and Lord. 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, we do not preach ourselves about ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and we are servants for Jesus' sake. What does Deuteronomy 6 and 4 say? Most of you know it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our our God, the Lord is one. There is only one Jehovah. I said there is only one Jehovah. I said there is only one Jehovah. And his name is Jesus Christ. There is no other name among men whereby we must be saved. Whatever you do in word or deed, Paul told the Colossians, do it all. Everybody say all. Everything, what? In the name of Jesus Christ. Because of the exalted power of Jesus' name, we are urged to rely upon Jesus and the name of Jesus for everything that we do. Ladies and gentlemen, I do not wake up and walk out of my door except under the covering of the name of Jesus. Signs and wonders are done in the name of Jesus. 
we pray and make our requests made known by the name of Jesus. Sister Debbie shared with us a testimony this morning in pre-service prayer. How Harrison, the Lord, kept his hand on him. He was involved in an automobile accident. One second more, he would have been hit right in that door. And that vehicle hit his vehicle and it spun him around. And he walked away with just a couple of bruises. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to know why? I know why. That young man didn't leave that morning out of that house except he left under the authority of the name and the blood of Jesus. I know it may sound old-fashioned to you. I said, I know it may sound old-fashioned to you, but I still believe in pleading the blood of Jesus. I said, I still believe in pleading the blood of Jesus. I still believe in the power and the glory and the name of Jesus. Signs, wonders are done in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 4. We pray and make our requests known in the name of Jesus. John 14. We gather with other believers in the name of Jesus. Matthew 18. We still cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We still pray for the sick in the name of Jesus. We still receive power and protection all in the name of Jesus. David is a magic formula. No, it's not a magic formula. It's not abracadabra. It is the name of the God who has been revealed to us, who has all power, all authority. He has everything under his control. One theologian said it this way, to know the name of God is to witness the manifestations of those attributes and apprehend the character on which that name denotes. God's name, that is his greatest self Revelation, that name signifies the active presence of the person in the fullness of his revealed character. What does that mean to us today? That means to us today that when we speak the name of Jesus, we believe that all the power, character, and presence of who God is shows up in the middle of that situation. Say, David, it seems old-fashioned. You can call it what you want to. But let me tell you something. It is the name that is above every other name. And that name has lasted through the history books. I said that name has lasted through the history books. Napoleon is dead. Hitler is dead. Churchill is dead. All the kings and the emperors, Alexander, they're all dead. And their bodies are rotting in a tomb. But last time I checked, there's a tomb that's still empty. I said last time I checked, there's a tomb that's still empty. And the one that was in that tomb, his name still reigns supreme in our life. He is the beauty of all things better and beyond. He is the catalyst of all things created. He is the deliverance from every dilemma. He is the earnest inheritance of all things that are coming in eternity. He is the finality of all fulfillment. He is the granting of all things gracious and good in your life. He is the hope of all things heavenly. He is the ignition of all things that bring increase to me. He is the justifier against all things that have tried to judge me. He is the king and victor over all spiritual kingdoms that will try to assail me. I could go on and on. But let me tell you something. It's all wrapped up in the name of Jesus. Why? There is no other name. Every record 
of salvation in the New Testament carries with it an eyewitness account of all of those individuals being baptized in one way through the name of Jesus. Say, David, how do I get the name and the blood applied to my life and thus the authority of Jesus applied to my life? Paul says it happens when we're buried, Romans 6, when we're buried with him in baptism. Peter preaches in Acts chapter 2, Peter said unto them, repent. Let every one of you be baptized. How? In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Why does he use this language? He uses this language because this is what Jesus taught them. Jesus said, Matthew 26, 28, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many as the remission, the payment of sins. Why am I baptized in Jesus' name? When I am baptized in the name of Jesus, I am being baptized into the identity and the power of a new covenant. It is a covenant of blood for the payment of my sins. There's a lot of people professing to be Christians without living under the submission of the covenant of the name. Acts 19, there were some itinerant Jewish exorcists attempting to use the name of Jesus like a magic formula. The demons that they were trying to cast out laughed at them, stripped them of this clothes. Many of you know the story. And they said to them, Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are you? See, even the enemy recognizes the authority of the name of Jesus. When I repent of my sins and I am baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Spirit, I am identifying with the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of who Jesus Christ is. Amen. Why? Because there is no other name given among men whereby you must be saved. The Hebrew letter Tav literally means the sign on the door of the cross. Exodus 12, 13, God is giving instructions to Moses and Israel about their deliverance from Egypt. And he tells them to kill a lamb, mark the door. And that mark is going to become their salvation from death that night. The Bible says in Exodus 12, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. Everybody say, I will pass over. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. What was the death angel looking for? He was looking for a sign on the door. And the sign on the door was spelled in blood. The word blood in the Hebrew is the word dam. Spelled with two letters, the delete and the mem. And it literally, hear me very carefully. You've heard this before, but I'm going to reiterate it again. It literally means the water door. What was Israel's entrance into salvation from Egyptian slavery? They passed through doors marked with blood and through the water of the Red Sea. And only after they passed through the blood and through the water did they find freedom on the other side? Amen. Let me say that again. Only after they passed through the blood and through the water did they find freedom on the other side. 
when you are baptized in the only name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus, you are being baptized into the only name that has the power to save you. It literally becomes the water door to your freedom from the slavery of sin. There is nothing that you are facing today. There is no dilemma. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no broken relationship. There is no demonic activity. There is no oppression or depression or suicidal thought. There is nothing in your life that can stand against the authority of the name of Jesus. How do I know that? Because I've just shared for the last 25 minutes, I hope that I've shared with clarity from the scripture that through that name, you have all power and authority in this life. The devil doesn't have that authority. The devil is not some omnipotent thing that is in control of your life. You got to change the way that you think about who the enemy is in your life. There's nothing more powerful and great than who Jesus is in your life. If you've repented of your sins, if you've been baptized in his name, if you've been filled with the power of his spirit, there is no authority in this world or the next that can stand against who you are. Who am I talking to this morning as you remain standing?